Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The Volume. There's so much to be thankful for over the holiday weekend. Friends and family food and football, especially NFL. New customers at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Full weekend of action. Full week of action. Right now, five bucks. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL to score 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets. You bet five, you get 150. Money lines, props, live bets, and so much more, no matter your appetite, there is something for you at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. New customers bet five bucks on the NFL and get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. The code is always Colin, C-O-L-I-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, here we go. An hour with Nick Wright. So, uh, you know, I hadn't talked to Nick in a while. We thought pre-Thanksgiving. If you're watching this, he does look a little like Bernie Toppin, the lyricist, the British lyricist, who was Elton John's songwriter forever. You've got a little Bernie Toppin look between the sports coat. Very sophisticated. I mean, Colin, is your – listen, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the metrics, but is your – you know, YouTube and podcast audience, are they skewing to like the golden generation? Like you're the, you were 30 <laughs> seconds in and you're like, Hey, I mean, I think I know a lot about, you know, pop culture from before my time, but Bernie Toppin, I've, I don't think yeah. I've ever, I've ever heard of, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. You know, I get a lot of things. Everyone, you know, has different comments on the look. You have more comments than anyone. I've just been so busy today getting roasted by people for a, a team losing a football game that I don't play yeah. for. I didn't have time to change. So I was wearing my TV clothes, just having a nice cocktail with my friend Colin. Cheers. You know, it, it, you said something today on FS1 that I thought was really true. In fact, I wrote about it in my first book. I call it sports insurance. 
where I bet against the teams I love so it doesn't break my heart when they lose. That's where you and I are different. So you have much more emotional courage. You go all in on your commentary, on your betting for who you love. And me, you probably had a more stable environment in your life. Me, who had chaos, I am constantly buying insurance so nothing breaks my heart. I bet Oregon State against Washington because the Huskies- I couldn't believe that. You mentioned that when I went (laughs) off the show. Like I couldn't believe that you went to that level on it. See, so I think it actually probably shows some like, I don't know, almost like masochism about me that I'm not aware of, which is like, it's really like a, it's going, I'm going to feel something at the end of this game and it's going to be maximum in either direction. Like I'm going to put myself out on as far of a limb as I can professionally, if I believe in it, I'm going to gamble on it and it's the team I love. And when they come through, it is a true rush. And when they don't like, and I even, you know, I'll give you a a different type of gambling, you know, all these, the gambling operations, your friends at DraftKings do it. They offer the cash out options. You know what I mean? On a bet. So I don't know if it was week three or whatever week it was, but the week the Giants had the huge comeback against the commanders. And I think, and Denver had a huge lead against someone that they ended up uh, blowing. I bet both, uh, I made a $500 bet on both teams that were trailing by 21 simultaneous. It's 500 to win $21,000. It's week three. And at one point, the cash out option was 17.5 because one of my teams had won and the other one was up, had gone from down 21 to up 10. And I was like, hell no, I'm not cashing. Like, no, like if you're offering me that, it's worth more. And that was the game Russell Wilson completed the Hail Mary to potentially win, tie the game. And then they didn't get the two-point conversion. And I dropped to my knees in agony when he completed that tipped Hail Mary. But then I won anyway. And it's just, that's kind of just how I live my life. That's just kind of how I live my life. Well, you talked about the word you use was rush and you play poker and your opinions, you you um, you probably somewhere, um, maybe because my father uh, later in life, I didn't notice it early, was an alcoholic. I am very uh, acutely aware of obsession or becoming an olic, yeah. whatever that olic is, right? And so I'm aware of it. I'm always pushing back. I'm always stopping. I'm always you're not. You probably didn't have as much of that in your life. So your life could have been, uh, you had some chaos you've told me sure. about, but you like you like the rush. I am avoiding the rush at all costs. Yeah, I just, I I have, and I think maybe we've talked about this once before. I, you know, I'm pretty convinced. I don't, I haven't been like clinically diagnosed with this, but I have what people call an addictive personality and that can go yes. in any direction, positive or negative. Right. So like, you know, there was a period of time right when my youngest daughter, who's now 10, had just been born and I was spending a ton of time just with her in my arms or sleeping or whatever. Yeah. That I became totally really obsessed with history books. And I was reading yeah. dense U.S. or military worldwide history books one a week. Like I was I, I addicted is a weird way to put it, but it was com- it was certainly compulsion. I once built these little Lego nanoblock sculptures to to the point to where 
I was scouring eBay for like ones I didn't have. Now that can also go in, you know, bad directions on, you know, either vices or whatever it is. But I've just, I certainly can get obsessed with things. And you mentioned poker. Like I am obsessed is not the right word, but I am. I every single night, the way I go to sleep is I watch old, not old, but 18 months old, thereabouts, uh, kind of, you know, obscure poker tournaments of the best in the world to try to kind of learn that, like the new kind of, that's the skill I'm trying to hone. And I'm really like laser focused on it. So I just don't, I'm not good at doing things in moderation and the, that's, right. and, and it's also why to be totally honest, I never, aside from weed, experimented with any drugs because I knew I was like, I won't be a, you know, you, I'm sure you've had a friend or someone that's like, wow, they once every six months might do a little Coke or something, but they're just, you know, it's just like a thing. I was like, that wouldn't be me, man. I would, that would, I, and so I've kind of had to have my own guardrails on it there. Yeah. And I have a lot of guardrails, so I don't, I'm the exact opposite of you. Everything is in moderation. I have, I literally, um, I mean, I, I tell my wife, I go to this place in Manhattan Beach. It's called the 900 Club. And it's a great place to go. I go see my buddies. I watch the Chiefs Eagles there. And with four minutes to go in the game, I call Uber, take me home and do the podcast, yep. right? But it's just, I like. I wanted last night to be like you in an environment of fans. Yep. And it was split down the middle, Kansas City, Philadelphia. But it's it's like, I can stop anything. I, I Cocktails, 740, done. Years ago, I had, uh, I was getting rosacea and I, I went to a nutritionist and she said, uh, she said, um, do, you, do you eat dairy? And I said, yeah, I have about 12 yogurts a day. She said, <laughs> T- 12. And I said, that I eat them all day. She goes, stop, no more dairy for you. I literally have never had yogurt since the next day. Oh. And, wow. and and I was living on it. So I can, I am, I say this, I am a great quitter. Oh, wow. I'm not a good starter. That's but a, I great am a great skill. Quitter. That's like an underrated <laughs> skill that I guess it's a weird thing to say, but being able to either cut your losses or just be like, ah, eh, not into this. Like, I wonder, do you ever wonder how many people in our business? Uh, and I, people who probably are not necessarily at the apex of it, but our business, everybody, you know, you started in local TV and then did local radio. I did local radio for a decade. Um, yeah. So I always wonder how many people who have decent jobs in, you know, a good market or whatever it is are fell out of love with it eight years prior but just didn't know how to be like, oh, this wasn't for me and are continuing down the path. You know what I mean? That they're like where it's not even what they want to do anymore, but it's just what they had always said they were going to do. And they don't want to be like, ah, I was wrong. I I always wonder about that. Well, I think I will say this. I think uh, sports talk radio is at its best locally when you have a great controversy and you can spend four hours um, on okay. one topic. I remember when I lived in Connecticut, uh, my wife, Ann built a, a gym for me downstairs and I worked out almost every four o'clock every day, like three thirty, four o'clock. And, uh, probably the best local show I've heard consistently was, uh, Felger and Maz, the two Boston guys, not homers. Uh, one of the few shows in a big market I've ever heard that would push back on local teams, funny, smart, connected. Um, 
And I always thought their best shows, when they had a major Patriot controversy or Brady, it was great. I'd sit there and work out for two hours. That's when I had muscles because I would just sit there and work out because I thought it was fascinating. That's when you were getting ready for your um, book cover, the the famous shirtless book (laughs) cover. Yeah. So uh, I, I have a story on that, but it's, um, I, this morning, Colin, um, so I drove back from Philly at six in the morning. Cause I had to do I my, know, co- I saw your my, I had to do my podcast. And, um, so this morning on the drive back from Philly, the last thing I want to do is consume any content about the chief's loss. <laughs> like it's the last thing. <laughs> so I, you and I are so similar on this. I went to, uh, my buddy, Andrew Filipponi, who, you know, a bit, he hosts afternoons in Pittsburgh. He was the Kenny Pickett guy. He 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 had a weekly show with him when he was at Pitt. He like threw a party when the Steelers drafted him. He was all he was tweeting Pickett to Pickens is going to be the new Montana to Rice. He was the Kenny Pickett guy. And after the game Sunday, he said, "I'm out on Kenny." And I was like, "I've got to hear this show." So on my drive from Philly to New York this morning, I pulled up the podcast from his local show yesterday, two o'clock of them being like, I'm out on Kenny. And then today, right before our show, when I saw Matt Canada got fired, I was like, I want to hear what they're saying now today. Like local sports radio is great. It's like on, on, it can be super monotonous. You know, in the if you have a crummy baseball team and there's nothing going on, but on the big story stuff, it is so it is so exciting and exhilarating. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I was just I have a show in L.A. I listen to a buddy of mine um, is is, uh, works on radio and they uh, he does a really good job and he's got great Laker information that I listen to. And he and his buddy are funny. I know them both. They're funny. And they can go places I can't go because I have a television component. I'm minute to minute. My ratings are judged. And so there, there's no question. I do more NFL now. If I was just doing local radio, I'd probably do 30% NFL. Now I do 58 to 60%. So I, I've always thought uh, when, when, you know, I saw some, I don't know the name of the sportscaster, Chris something. He's some ESPN guy. It was on social yesterday where a local person came up to interview him and he said, I don't do local. And I was like, Every time I'm in a local market, I talk to the local guys. I love the local guys. I think they're funny. Um, I think they're interesting. I think those shows are raw. I'm not allowed to be as well, raw. They're they're unhinged. I'm not allowed to be unhinged because I have a TV component. That's the other thing that I thought you were going to – when you said you have a TV component, you ended up talking about kind of content and ratings. And, you know, but there is a level of – even in 2023, the closest thing to, like – the wild west of like sports media is your local sports guys who can absolutely walk the line and cross it occasionally without. And I think it's probably because it's hard for a local radio gaff to instantly go viral without the fear of, Oh my God, this is going to cost me my career. So when you're don't, when you're not as concerned about that, you can take more chances. And listen, sometimes it ends in disaster because you take too many. Right. But sometimes it is really my, you know, one of my buddies who's done, a, uh, I've told you about him as well. My buddy Laszlo has done a local talk show for over 20 years in Kansas City. And he said early on when he was doing it, he was like, my entire goal when I had first started in a market, no one knew who I was, was 
at, at some point when they're listening, make the person say something that makes them look at the radio, even though it's an audio medium, just be like, what did you say? He's like that, you know, and there are levels of how close you can come to the line in that. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I will now, but I used to say to Danielle, my wife, like when, when we're retired, retired will actually mean like maybe living in Hawaii and I do the local sports show there. Like like two <laughs> no, two won't. hours a day, no, like but I just yeah. gotta give take somewhere. But that was before like podcasts and YouTube and stuff. I'm done it a long time ago. I was like I'm gonna have to give an opinion somewhere, but uh, that that always seemed no, like a you good know what game. happens. Coaches always say that they work, they go up the chain, they get to Kentucky, they win a national title, and they say, "When I retire, I'm gonna coach at St. Mary's," yeah. and it's like. That pays less than a high school gym teacher. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're gonna you're gonna coach somewhere, be a consultant for the Philadelphia 76ers, make 300 G's a year, and go to eight games. Don't don't give me a break. Um, no, I I just I've always um, I have a lot of when I was up in Seattle for the Husky game. Uh, Husky Oregon game, a softy Dave Mahler has oh, been doing yeah. stuff forever. And he came up and said, would you do the pregame show? And I'm like, of course, I love, I love it. I think it's just great. He's terrific. I think the local guys, I could name 20 shows off the top of my head. I think they're excellent. Um, listen, I, I got to a point where I got, you know, I, I don't think most local guys want syndicated. I think, I think the best jobs in sports talk radio are local. Now, obviously, um, if you could get, you know, Dan Patrick or I, or you get one of those two jobs, those are really good jobs. We have really big staffs. It's a great life. I'm off at noon cocktails yeah. at, you know, three, it's a great life, but overwhelmingly Felger and Maz, I know Felger, uh, he makes, makes a lot of money. He does a really well, good job. That's the thing. So like I, when I was coming up my, and I've told you this, like it's, and it's a little, maybe it should be embarrassing, but it's not, but my dream job was to one day replace you on ESPN radio. I was like, by the time he's about done, I will be there. Like, you know what I mean? Not like they fire you for me, but like, that's that to me, that was the best real estate in sports media in America was the midday show on ESPN radio. Cause it was cleared in all the markets. It was mornings in the West coast. It was the best real estate. Nowadays, man, I, do not and I'm not trying to take a shot. It, it, I don't. I simply don't feel that way. I know you know Danny Parkins really well. He does afternoons in Chicago. He got offered, yeah, it, it, however many years ago. A, I won't yeah. say the network, but their afternoon drive national spot. And we talked. I know how much he's making because I offered him a job. Yeah, <laughs> the, no, but, um, and he, I remember we talked about it, and it was like I have. More more people will hear me and care about what I say in Chicago than on the, you yeah. know what I mean, on the national network, whatever it is. It's not, and I don't want to sound like that back in my day, but the, the, like, Dan Patrick, you, that, that doesn't exist the way it used to on That's the right. national radio. I mean, Rome first, obviously, and then every, from yeah. there, like that, that's kind of a. Now, it's not a bad thing because now this exists and podcasts and people have other opportunities, but I don't know what my dream job would be if I was 18 years old right now because I didn't ever think I was right. going to be on TV. I I never thought I was going to be on TV. I always just wanted to have the biggest sports radio show in the country, Uh, but yeah. now I don't know what that, like, I mean, you have the biggest sports 
radio show in the country, but that, but it's a TV show as well. You know what I mean? So it's like a different thing. Like what is the biggest sports radio show that's just on the radio right now? I don't know what it was, but for years you you would know it was, it was Jim Rome. It was, you know what I mean? Van Pelt had a huge one for a while. Like, I don't know what it is right now. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't. And I don't think it matters anymore. I think in the eighties and nineties it yeah. did. It's it's Mike and the Mad Dog. It's almost like having the best it's like having the best running back in the NFL. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody cares. It's like who's got the best quarterback and an offensive coach that guides him. And it and 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 I say that with all due respect. I I I listened to Mike and the Mad Dog for ten years when I was in the East Coast. I thought they were terrific. I thought Boomer and Carton were a riot in the morning. I thought that was more my less baseball-y than Mike and the Mad Dog. I thought Boomer and Carton were perfect. I think Geo and Boomer. I don't hear them. Uh, Geo appear, you know, funny guy. Boomer's, you know, he's got uh, a sizable audience, legitimacy in the market. I think those shows are. I think they're, I think they're very, very. I think good they're great, and, and I think a lot of those shows probably yeah. pay better than most of the national shows. My point is, like, I don't think. Yeah. I think podcasts, like, in a weird way, like, is the biggest non-televised national sports radio show in 2023 and i i'm using radio in quotes pardon my take like it might be you know what i mean like that might be what the next iteration of it is like the um and so i don't i don't know what it is but i love the i love the the industry and i still even though i've now been at fox longer than i've been anywhere else i've been doing this first things first longer than i did any of my other shows if someone like were to ask me what i do for a living I'd say sports radio host and I'm, I'm on the radio, but like in my head, that's what I am. Like, I just happen to be on TV doing it, but that's how I, that's what I am. Yeah. I call, I, I put down whenever I'm filling out a credit report, America's media icon. <laughs> and that's how I just leave it that. <laughs> I told, I told my, my, uh, one of my youngest daughter is, I don't, one of her friends told her, cause she, both my daughters are actresses. The 18 year olds in college, the youngest is 10. And one of the 10-year-old's friends told her, the way it works is you get an agent and the agent puts you in movies. And so she is super pissed at us that we won't get her an agent. She was like, whoever told me, that's what you need to do. And I said to her, I was like, Deanna, I was like, I know how this business works. She was like, how would you know? I was like, I'm in the entertainment business. The inter- I think I said, I said, I'm in the entertainment industry. And she just started laughing. She was like, no, you're not, daddy. I was like, yes, I am. She was like, you are not. In the-. She just, she thinks whatever I do is sports and it's nothing to do with the entertainment industry whatsoever that I'm out of my mind. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You know, it was interesting. Um, I during the writers and the actors and the directors strike. I here was my take, and talking about the entertainment industry, we'll just sure. pivot to that. Is that my wife and I? Um, we watch Acorn TV, which is Netflix England. Everybody's got bad teeth, skin's blotchy, noses are pointy. They're the funniest, guy. but the writing is just so good. And I told my wife. I can, I don't care who the actors are, and I am not in any way trying to uh, downplay Don Cheadle, Ed Norton, Michael Keaton, Meryl Streep, Amy Adams, people that literally get me to a movie. If they're you know, Jason Bateman, you know, certain people, if they're in it, I'm watching it. They make good choices. But I said, my wife and I will go through a nine-part series if we don't know the actors, if the writing is good. I've never watched a series where the writing's bad and the actors are famous and considered high profile is that there's nothing against actors. I'm not marginalizing the industry. But when I looked at that strike, they resolved the writers first. I said this, Stranger Things had eight-year-olds acting. Eight-year-olds couldn't write it. They couldn't direct it. They could act in it. That doesn't mean there's not great actors. Eight-year-old couldn't play in the NBA, coun't couldn't be a senator. They can act. Well, that's well, and I so mean, it's like writing as children. I mean, that's a little. They're the only people eligible. You can't get a thirty-year-old to play the role. <laughs> but before uh, the side, until you got to the senator NBA analogy, the where I agree <laughs> with you is great writing can. Oh. It is pulls me right out. in a way that a, a star actor, if the product is if the if the plot and the writing is terrible, it you can't keep me. But you can have a totally anonymous cast, which anonymous doesn't mean they're not good actors. Just you know what I mean, not famous. And if the writing's right, good, right. you're in there entirely. Like the where think about this: Marlon Brando's had eight bad movies. Why? 
the writing was right. bad. You don't blame Marlon Brando. You go, the writing Correct. sucked. You know, Tom Hanks, The Terminal. Nobody says, I'm not watching a Hanks movie again. The writing wasn't good enough. The writing carries it, not the acting. Though there are specific Jeremy Irons. Again, to me, Don Cheadle, Ed Norton, Michael Keaton. There are there are people that Jason Bateman just kind of pulls me in. Well, there's whatever he no, does. Oh, by the way. stars that. Yeah. The, here's the thing that the entertainment industry, from the movie perspective, has really taught me a bit as far as how to do my show, which is I I don't think you can underrate the importance of charisma, which I don't have a ton of, or likability, yeah. which I started, yeah. which I realized later in my career. Oh, that's important. Like the like the yeah. thing is, so the you mentioned those those folks. So like Tom Cruise, I can't explain it, but charisma is the word. And that guy, yeah. it's just like he pulls you in. A guy who I think that maybe people will laugh at me for this, but a guy who I think has it. I just if he's on the screen, I find myself smiling. Is Mark Wahlberg? I mean, that guy's funny, man. Like he's just funny, and he's having a good time, and he's good looking. Like that. That. So on that level, so that's that's where like the the um and where the the perfect storm is. For instance, I would argue The Sopranos, which had. Apex acting, what Gandolfini and yeah. Falco did, and basically all the actors in the series except for the kids were A+, and some of the best television writing ever, and you have true art. You have like, oh, I can watch yeah. that again and again and again. Same, yeah, that that's right. If, if you bring them both yeah. together, where and they don't, it's not like Gandolfini was an A-lister before The Sopranos, but he was an A-list talent, clearly. He was one of the most brilliant performers well, ever. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I think it was Marlon Brando said, and this is where James Gandolfini, he found the perfect role. It didn't even look like he was acting. Right. You start thinking, I bet he does have some mob yeah. guys. Yeah. Right. Right. So Marlon Brando used to always say, you can only do, you can do yourself and a version of your father. Oh, really? nobody has the range. Yeah. You can, you're, you, you're doing a version of yourself or a version of dad as a man. That's the range. Oh. That's all you can do. And so when I watch Gandolfini, there are there are roles. And I think De Niro has leaned into yeah. this a lot. Um, I think Michael Keaton's quirky. He's leaned into it. I thought James Gandolfini, it's like, oh, no, he found the perfect role. Now, I watched him in a couple other movies. I really liked him. He's yeah. terrific. But that role, but, there are perfect roles. Mm -hmm. It's just like somebody once said to me, uh, Colin, afternoon radio. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm not hostile. I'm more the, um, I'm going to take you through what happened last night, my version, my story of what happened last night. I don't want to take calls and yell and argue over stupid yeah. conflict. That's not my personality. That's Mike Francesa's personality. I do think actors, there's a perfect role out there. And the actors that find it often get typecast but they do it over and over and over again. And that's criticized. But what it is, it's the closest version of who they are. And so Nicolas Cage can do the same thing over and over. Now, leaving Las Vegas, he may do something that diverts and you're like, wow, wow what a performance. Yeah. But I think most of the times I watch Michael Keaton, kind of that sardonic sense of humor, or you watch Anthony Hopkins, yeah. or after I watched Silence of the Lambs, everything felt like I heard yeah. that. Um I heard that accent. I heard that voice and everything after that. I do think there are perfect roles for actors. And once you hit it, 
Don't try to get happier than happy. Keep doing versions well, of yeah, it. Yeah, well, and that's and I think for comedic actors, it's probably easier. They you, they're not um, they're I shouldn't say easier, but they're not judged for it. Like nobody judges uh, Sandler or a lot of, or Mark Wahlberg or I'm saying we're basically playing this not the same guy but a similar guy in a bunch of stuff. Dramatic actors they you know are judged in a way it's like test your range, see the different things you can do. And yeah, I mean, I find I personally maybe it's because my daughters are so into it. I find it to be a really like fascinating uh, journey. Of like trying to learn these things and the like whether or not the places I mean the 10 year old is not obviously on doing things on this level with the 18 year old she's a theater major at you know University of California Santa Cruz and she's out there really trying to like learn things to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very few comedians can do drama. Now, obviously, Robin Williams, Goodwill right. Hunting, Awakening, Steve Carell. I also think I think Steve Carell's brilliant. Yeah. I think he I think he's actually a I, better honestly, dramatic I think he's actor. Funny. I think he's better in drama yeah. than he is in comedy. And I think he's funny as yeah. hell. And you do have these guys that can leave their personality. Uh, Robin Williams is really a unicorn. Sure. Let's just acknowledge it. Jim Carrey is brilliant, but I, I didn't buy the cable guy. Like I, like I buy certain sure. things because he was so physical. But I do think you, you rarely see a comedic actor do drama well because smartly they're playing the role they're can, meant to be. And that's okay. Can I can I ask you a question? And then I want I've got something happening in my life that I want to tell you about. But first I have a question you said comedic actor. I want to know if you agree with me on this. I think the single most impressive uh job, I guess, in our in any form of the entertainment business, and I think it's or the most difficult, I think impressive is the right word. And I don't think there's a close second is stand up comedian. And oh, I'm so glad you said that. You agree? First of all, you have to write your own material. You get one take. You have to perform it in front of drunks. It's incredibly hard. You it's have insane. Nothing, Actors get you have 40 nothing, takes on somebody else's yes, writing. You have nothing but your thoughts. It is every sing. It would be like doing a television show. With a live, like in front of, on your eyeballs, the ratings by the minute to where like, it's like, oh, because every joke that doesn't hit, you know, so, and you have to keep going. And it is, it is to me, I am more impressed by stand up comedians than anyone in yeah. any, in, in the business. And I, oh, I, I agree. also think it would be the biggest rush of any of the jobs. Like if you were great at it, I would think like, oh, I can't imagine anything cooler. Like that is actually to me and people disagree, maybe they think I'm crazy. I think it's actually cooler than rock star. Because even a rock star, there's a there's a whole production, there's a band usually, there's music, there's there's you know, might be flames or whatever it is, there's a dancing, a lot of stuff. If you are able to walk onto a stage with a microphone in your hand, no video board, no nothing, and for 90 minutes, keep people's rapt attention and keep them laughing. And at the end, they stand and applaud. It's to me the one of the most remarkable things ever. Like, I can't imagine how that feels. And I think it would be take such courage and be so hard. I think it's so cool. I think it's so cool. Yeah. I think the only thing that rivals it is Broadway, where it's one take, 
It's a live audience. Yeah. It's often memorizing. Uh, I mean, I've I've actually known an actor um, that had to that worked uh, years and years ago. I was <laughs> I was intimidated listening to him describe his average night. It, it is um, a Broadway actor frightening. Oh my god! Yeah, especially if you're a lead. Or, or you, you've got like heavy work. You're on stage. Oh, that stuff I can't imagine. The I, Wilds. I told Wilds a version of this, and he made fun of me. He was like, "Oh, he's like, thanks for the breaking news that the Moulin Rouge in Paris is impressive." And I was like, "Okay, well, (laughs) got it, buddy." But when my wife and I went to Paris this summer, we, I was like, "Hey, I know it's touristy, whatever it is, but I want to see what the Moulin Rouge is." People say it's nice. And yes, I understand it's a burlesque show, so it's there are topless women involved in it. It was two hours of, honest to God, the most impressive, nonstop, like 100 miles an hour performance. And seeing these people, I'm like, there are 40 people on stage. They are all going fast and doing like, you know, different movements. and. And the thing is, they do, and I'm sure they it's not all the exact same people, but they do three shows a night, seven days a week in that theater. And, I, and two things occurred to me. One was I was like, uh, these tickets were 400 bucks each. There's a thousand people in here. You're doing three of these a night. Like how much money does this place print? And the next thing was like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't think once you get cast, you can, you practice. I think you just perform because there's no time to practice because the, the, the theater right. is all day doing these shows. And yeah, I Broadway is that was the big shocker to me about moving to New York that I loved Broadway. I would have never thought I liked it. I was like, I don't watch musicals. I don't care. And I find it. It's one of my favorite things about living here is like the because you are amazed that what these people are able to do. And then, you know, they do it six nights a week. They're just there. That's why they're just there doing it. It's unbelievable. Circling back to comedy, it's why Colin Quinn to me has always been one of the most impressive comedians. That he does these Broadway, you know, he writes these. uh, Essentially, you know, he finds a director, but he basically it's a one man show um, that Colin Quinn has done. And I watched a couple of them online, and I was just like, you know, it's 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 a lot. Of work, he you know obviously it took six months to write. Colin Quinn to me is one of the real great performers in America, and he does stuff nobody else does. He does stand up. Years ago, I was in New York, probably ten years ago. I was in New York one night, and I'm having cocktails with a buddy who's from the Pacific Northwest, and I said, "Hey, let's go to a comedy show and see who's performing." Colin Quinn was up there, and you could tell he was working on his act. He was in warm ups. And he slayed it. He was just so funny. And he was kind of going, no, nope, that's not going to work. And he was, and I thought it was, it was probably an hour of just ad-libbing. Yeah. Eight minutes of it were laugh out loud funny. 35 to 40 were really good. And then, he, yeah. you know, some of it, you figure uh, I've seen David Spade live four or five times. You know, some of it just doesn't, you know, he's just, he's not there yet. He's got a funny line, but he doesn't have the art yeah. complete. But I think back to that, I think Colin Quinn's really, really smart, really clever. The the one person show, and then we can, I guess, change, do whatever, change topics, do whatever. The, I don't know if, so there's a show, uh, one of the, obviously, Law and Order, the, uh, but there's a bunch of Law and Orders. Yeah. So Law and Order, 
uh, organized crime, which was the spinoff of SVU. They took Stabler, the guy from SVU, and gave him his own show. Well, the second lead in that show uh, is a woman named Danielle Monet Truitt, who went to grade school with my wife. In grade school, they were friendly, but not like close friends. But then when she got, and she was a, like the vintage starving actor for 20 years. She had one big role on a show called Rebel, was the star. That show didn't last that long and was doing plays and working, whatever. And then she got cast in a new Law and Order as the second lead. And it's like, oh, moving to New York, this is, you know, my big break. And she and Danielle reconnected. This is four years ago, maybe. And now they are super close friends. So like it's and they went to grade school together and weren't that close. But now they are incredibly close friends. And this woman, before Law and Order had taken off, she and a friend wrote a one woman show called Black Girl Blues. And she got it. She produced it. And we went to go see a screening of it. And it is. She walks up on stage. She own the only thing she ever outfit changes or whatever is like essentially how her hair is done or the shoes she's wearing or how her shirt is tied just because she plays three different black women who are their lives are kind of intertwined, but they don't know it. And she's standing on yeah. stage for 90 minutes, three totally different characters that you can just tell by the way she changed her dialect her attitude and her delivery and i i i mean i've watched the woman's television show and she's a friend of mine i like her i knew she was talented this thing ended and i went up to her and i said i don't know what i just saw here i was like you're like <laughs> you were on stage by yourself for an hour and a half telling a story with no one else there just uh, the there's like a omniscient narrator that occasionally would chime in, but that's it. Yeah. And not only did everyone follow it, people cried because of one of the scenes. Like it was that. Yeah, that stuff is really, really a unique talent. And I think I really respect the courage aspect of it. The this thing is going to go 90 minutes. And if it sucks, I'm going to feel I'm going to like I'm going to be up here on the stage for 90 minutes. And if 30 minutes in, I'm like, oh, everyone in here hates it. I got to just keep going. Like the current, like that <laughs> courage is crazy. And yeah, I think it's wild. I think it's wild. All right. So you said you had a personal anecdote yeah. or a personal. Well, yeah. So, um, talk about. so Colin, and I know this will, this will sound confusing to you, but you know, I might have a reason for you to check Kansas city off your list of cities you haven't been to because I in the spring am getting married in Kansas City. And now you might say, Nick, you're married. And technically, yes, I am. However, you don't, I think, know this about me. <laughs> My wife and I never had a wedding, didn't have any money. I, we had set aside money for a wedding and then I got the job in Houston. And so we moved. And the money we set aside for the wedding, we said, should we use it on a house? And she said, yeah. So we use it on down payment for a house. I think you told so me So she that. and I yes. didn't quite elope, but I mean, we got married in Reno, Nevada with two people there. And so she, it, I, it has always been promised that 
on or around our 10-year anniversary, we will have an actual, not a vow renewal, but a full-blown wedding, buddy. So we're having a full-blown wedding. Uh, There there will be pomp and circumstance. And while you will get (laughs) an official invitation in the mail, I'm delivering it to you now as you can be part of my L.A. contingent that goes to the wedding. I didn't know Kansas City had an airport because my entire life, I've never walked through an airport and seen a sign to Kansas City. (laughs) I swear to God. Now, I'm in Salt Lake all the time because I have a place in Park City. I see London. I see Paris. I've never seen Kansas City. So here's the thing. You know what's very funny? So up until a year ago, not only did Kansas City have an airport, I would argue we had the greatest airport. And here's why. Now, literally no restaurants. Literally no no, 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 no restaurants. There's no, there, there might, there was like one Pete's coffee shop, but here's how it worked. Every gate you, you got out of your car, you walked into the airport, you walked to your gate and each gate had its own security just for the gate. So there was no security line because every, every gate, there was 18 gates 18 little x-ray machines and whatever it is, it would, you would, honest to God, you could walk, get out of your car at seven o'clock and be sitting in, you know, waiting for your plane at 704. It was the most convenient airport in the world, but because there was literally no restaurants and no amenities, whatever, a lot of places didn't fly into it. And so much to my chagrin, they redid it. And now it's big and fancy and there's restaurants and whatever. And I hate it. Everybody loves it, but I hate it. It's like a big international airport now, but it's <laughs> uh, it's not my charming Kansas City airport. But yes, it has an airport. And yeah, and I'm getting married to my lovely wife. And uh, it's I know it's weird to say I'm getting married to my wife, but I am. And so we're doing that in the spring and it'll be a hell of a time. It'll be a big party. Be, you know, I mean, it might be the social event. Unless Kelsey and Swift get married, it's going to be the social event of the year in Kansas City. Not a lot of big social events. Come on, give me a break. The Volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 